karaoke time. No, not karaoke time. Um, gosh, it's good to see y'all's faces again. I'm going to pray, and then uh, we're going to, I'm just going to talk for a couple minutes, not long, and then I'm going to give you an opportunity to share. Um, because this, what this last day is about, it's about giving you guys the opportunity to share what God's done in your world over the last 11 weeks. And, and I get to sit down and listen. So let me pray. Father, um, thank you so much for where you brought us. Um, I, I, it may be ambitious, Lord, but we, um, we want to ask you to take us farther. Like, um, just show us what the next steps are, God. So many of us uh, don't know really what's next, but Lord, you do. So um, we want to follow hard after you. Thank you that you sent your son um, to show us how to live, to say, to invite us, to say, come and see. And so, God, um, I pray today that we walk out of here with that attitude. Come and see. Follow Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, no joke, I can smell the food. It's like, the, it's very inspiring. Um, this week, I um, usually I kind of do like a little wrap-up, but I had a completely different thing that came to me um, as I was working through, well, the last few weeks in my world have been weird, right? I know I've shared some of that with y'all. Um, a lot of the words that we've been using in our house are, what are the next steps? What's just, what's next? And it was really funny that our church launched a whole next steps thing all at that same time, you know, because that's been kind of what we say. And, and whenever we get panicked and start thinking about the future, we both look at each other, my husband and I, and we say, just the next step, just the next step. And so when I was thinking about how to wrap this up, that's where I went, is what are the next steps? And, and I want to encourage everybody in this room because every chair has a different next step. Every person has a different next step. Some of the people in this room right now bought their first Bible in the, in the last 11 weeks. That is like the coolest thing ever. Some of us have done Bible studies and have a big shelf full of Bible studies, and maybe the next step is pulling down some of the Bible studies and reminding myself where God has taken me. And maybe your next step is inviting someone to come and see what this whole thing is all about. I don't know. But I do know this, that God does know. And so as I was thinking through how do we wrap this up, what would be the right way to do it, I, um, I went back to chapter 1. So if you have your Bible, if you want to take notes, there's you, whatever. But chapter 1 is where we're going to go. We're going to start all over. We're going to do all 21. No, we're not. Chapter 1, Jesus is calling his disciples. Chapter 1 was so cool when I went back and studied it again at the end to think about the way that Jesus called his dudes in the book of John was this. In John 1, verse 39, he says this. He says, come and see. Come and see. And I think that's such a cool invitation, right? We don't see that Jesus gave this big discourse or this big, um, a big, a big preaching moment or, or he stood up at a podium with a microphone and casseroles and said, hey, guys, I want you to come. He just said, come, just come and see. And then you know what he did next? He, we go down a few more verses to like verse 43, and you know what else he says? He says, follow me. He says, follow me. And then you go down a few more verses to verse 46, and you see one of the new followers, Philip, then does this. And this is where we come in. This is when our next steps come in. Philip does this. Philip says to Nathaniel, what? Come and see. 
It's, it's Jesus inviting us to come and see what he's all about. It's Jesus inviting us to follow him, however that looks, whatever that next step is for you. And then it's us choosing to go and tell the world. You know, going and telling the world, as we'll see when we look at a couple of these guys, it didn't look the same for everyone. The beautiful thing about Jesus is this. There are many paths to Jesus. Many. Every person in this room, every person listening online, every chair filled today, you had a different way that you came to Jesus. Maybe it's a, a study of John that your neighbor dragged you to because there's free childcare. I don't know. I hope. But we all have different paths to Jesus, but this is what's important for us to understand. There is only one path to eternal life, only one, and that is Jesus. One path to eternal life, many paths to Jesus. So we're going to look at a couple of them. I just thought it would be cool to finish it out by looking at the guys that John highlights in the very beginning of our book of John and the different paths that they took to get to Jesus. And so, if I haven't um, said it already, open your Bible to John chapter 1. When you look at uh, John chapter 1, in verse 35 and following, you see my little heading says Jesus calls the first disciples. Anybody remember, don't you look, who the first disciple that he called was, who the first one that we see his name that followed Andrew. Andrew, anybody like, you know, when you, anybody done an in-depth study of Andrew the disciple? Anybody? No, right? Well, this is what's cool about Andrew. He's the first disciple. He was originally one of John the Baptist's, John the Baptist's? I don't even know. JTB's. He was one of JTB's disciples, but he was the first disciple of Jesus. Now, you know what I find interesting about that? Is he's got this brother. He's got a brother named Peter, loudmouth jumping off the boat, Peter. But, but Andrew was first. Did anybody ever get introduced to Jesus by a family member? Did anybody ever invite your brother, your loudmouth brother jumping off the boat to come hear about Jesus? Well, that's who Andrew was. He was the brother to Peter, and he actually invited Peter to come see Jesus. The other thing he did is he brought his co-workers. He had two co-workers that are named here who were also disciples of JTB. And who were they? They were other fishermen, James and John. He invited his buddies. Who came to Jesus because some friend told you about him or invited you to Bible study or brought you to church? Everybody's got different paths to Jesus, right? Well, the cool thing about Andrew is he was a gatherer and a connector, and he was humble. When you see the names of the, the disciples listed, and they're listed in several different books of the Bible in the New Testament, he's always listed down the, down the list a little bit. He's the humble number four, but he was number one. I found that really cool because Andrew is a guy who was willing to serve quietly, unlike his brother, Peter, who was loud and splashy, Right? And he was the guy, I, always, I heard this one time and I always think about this. He was the guy stacking chairs when the casseroles were done. That was Andrew. You know, every single person in the body of Christ has purpose. Andrew didn't need to be out in front, you know, being the rock and, and being out there and cutting people's ears off and everything. He was just Andrew. He was stacking chairs. We know that he had 20-plus years of preaching after Jesus um, had gone back up to be with the Father. We know that he reached Russia and Greece, and he's their patron saint. We also know this, that he is the patron saint of Scotland. And if you're familiar with the Scottish flag, on that flag is, is like a white X, and that's referred to as Andrew's cross because he died by crucif crucifixion on a cross that looked like an X. 
He had a testimony. You know, to us, Andrew's just another name that we blipped right past in chapter one. But to a lot of people and a lot of heritages in other parts of the world, he is who invited them to know the Savior. That's Andrew. Well, the next couple dudes that we learn about are the two, John and James. And we know a little bit about John, do we not? He's the author of what book? Seriously? Thank you, Kathy Arnold. He's the author of First and Second, Third John. Those are letters that he writes to the church later on. And he's the author of our book, The Gospel of John. He's also the author of the book of Revelation, where he, had, um, at the, where he wraps up the entire Bible. And, and God trusted him enough to be the voice for that. The thing about John is, is we know he was the youngest of the 12. He referred to himself as what? The one whom Jesus loved five times in the book of John. He also was, okay, this was what's crazy. He's the last living disciple we know. He lived the longest. He was the youngest at the time. But this is what's so cool. This is what I think is, tells us who John is. Do you remember what happened at the cross? Do you remember? Jesus said, take care of my mama, didn't he? He trusted and loved Jesus. And I'll tell you what, that's where we learn who, G who John really was, I think. That's John. James, oh, excuse me, I think I said James earlier. I meant Peter. Peter, he's our crazy, enthusiastic, impulsive fisherman, right? We learned a lot about him last week. He um, was enthusiastic and impulsive, but he later became bold and transformed and powerful. Jesus changes people, amen? You can't change people. Jesus changes people. He was crucified upside down because he refused to die the way his Savior died. Eugene Peterson says this about the, the two letters. Peter writes authors two letters later in the New Testament. And if you want something to study in the gap um, between the summer study and this study, go read the first and second Peter and remember our Peter because you know him pretty well now and you're going to hear his voice when you read those letters he wrote these letters in about 64 A.D., and this is what Eugene Peterson says about these letters, and I love it because it tells us who Peter is. He says this, The two letters that Peter wrote exhibit the qualities of Jesus that the Holy Spirit shaped in him, a readiness to embrace suffering rather than prestige, a wisdom developed from experience not imposed from a book, a humility that lacked nothing in vigor or imagination. That was our Peter. And when you go on down to verses 43 and following, you see a couple other guys. You see Philip and Nathaniel. We don't get a lot of information about them, do we? We do know this about Philip, uh, that his story matters. He's mentioned, and he was a disciple. And Jesus, I mean, think about this. We, Don and I had this discussion last night. You know, there's times when you think that um, it, you think you need a big old group to make things happen. And then you stop and think about the Savior of the world had 12. 12. This tiny little minority that transformed the world. And so these guys mattered. Every story mattered, even if we don't have chapters and chapters about him. Philip, we don't know much. We know that he found and told Nathaniel about Jesus. We know that he was Greek. We know that historians say that he made it all the way to France and he preached there. We know that his ministry lasted about 20 years. We know that he's from the same city as Andrew and Peter. And, and I love this. When Jesus said, follow me, it's, it didn't just say that he said, follow me. He said he went and found Philip and said, follow me. 
I would venture to guess that everyone in this room has been found in some way. Whether you've made a decision about Jesus, about following him as your Savior, he has found you, and he is saying, follow me. Well, the last um, disciple that we hear about in this first chapter is Nathaniel. And the cool thing about Nathaniel, if you go back and read, he kind of falls into the Thomas category for me. You know why? Do you remember what he said to Jesus? This, like, makes me cringe just a wee bit. He said this. He said, can anything good come from Nazareth? Ooh, back that up. Well, this is the thing about Nazareth. I mean, this is the thing about Jesus. Jesus then follows that with um, commending him. He said, here's truly an Israelite whom there is no deceit. In other words, he's saying this guy is honest and straightforward. He is out there. I want that guy. That's who Nathaniel is. He believed first because of a miracle. Jesus in verse 48 had said, I saw you while you were sitting under the fig tree, and I know what you were thinking about. And Nathaniel said, I'm all in. Mic drop. I'm following. That's Nathaniel. We find Jesus in different ways, just like the disciples did, right? Andrew was the chair stacker. John was the one Jesus loved. Peter was ready, wise, and humble. Philip was a follower. Nathaniel was overt and outspoken. Who are you? Your story matters. Now what? Ministry is living a life with Jesus and then inviting other people along. Do you know that? Every one of us has a ministry. You got a home, you got a ministry. You get in your car, you're driving down the road, you got a ministry. You go to Target, okay, Kroger, whatever, you got a ministry. You got little small people that live in your house, girls, girls. You got a ministry. And so what are you going to do? I just think over and over that this section, we need to end with this because this is where we began. We began with Jesus saying, come and see, follow me, now go and tell. Don't put John on a shelf. What are you going to do when you walk out of here? I have too many Bible studies on my shelf that I did nothing with, and I'm ashamed of that, and it hurts me, and I'm never doing it again. Call me on it if you see me. I want to tell people who Jesus is. I want to close um, my little time here with a prayer from, um, by the way, have I mentioned I have a puppy? I do. I have a puppy. She loves the Lord. She chews my book up to pieces, but she left one little part. I want to close with uh, this prayer that I read that was a prayer from Brother Teresa, and I want you to think about these words because just like the disciples, we are called to go and tell we're called to wash feet and feed sheep, guys. And so we need, to, we need to do it. All right, let me pray. Dear Jesus, help us to spread your fragrance everywhere we go. Flood our souls with your spirit and life. Penetrate and possess our whole being so utterly that our lives may only be a radiance of yours. Shine through us. And so be in us that every soul we come in contact with may feel your presence in our soul. Let them look up and see no longer us, but see you only. Stay with us, and then we shall begin to shine as you shine. So to shine as to be the light to others, the light, O oh Jesus, will be all from you. None of it will be us. It will be you shining on others through us. Let us thus praise you in the way you love best by shining on those around us. Amen.